So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. And I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back. To bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to six figure forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you for being here. The purpose of the podcast is to help you grow your business. And I'm going to show up for you in three ways to do that. Number one, to get you more inquiries in your door. Number two, to maximize the profit for every client that you book. And number three, to help you break through the limiting beliefs, the things that are holding you back more than any tactic ever will. Uh, and so thank you so much for being here. And I have to invite you before, before I hop in and I introduce you to Michelle Knight and we start talking about the power of storytelling, the power of building a brand with story. I want to let you guys know that right now, this episode uh, is actually being broadcast as a video. You can actually see myself and Michelle having this conversation and it's being broadcast live. Uh, that means there's people who are watching this early access weeks before it came out on the podcast and you could too. And so if you'd like to join me, I have a mastermind group of photographers uh, right over on Facebook. If you were to go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, you can join over 16,000 other photographers in this free community where I hang out at every single week, delivering free coaching videos Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and also the occasional uh, early access to the podcast. And so I would love to have you there. Uh, in today's video, we're going to be talking... Video, mercy. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to build a money-making brand through the power of story. And we've got none other, than, none other than Michelle Knight to help us do that. Michelle Knight is a branding and marketing strategist. She's the founder of Brand Mary. Brand Mary. I love that name, Brand Mary. It's so good. Um, she's the founder of Brand Mary, where she helps female entrepreneurs create a captivating and money-making brand through the power of story. She spent the last four plus years building her six-figure business in one singular skill alone, storytelling. Fun fact, by the way, you guys, uh, in 2020, you know, the year that everything went to hell in a handbasket, she lived in 33 different states. She visited 15 different, 14 different national parks. Uh, uh, she is planning a trip to Hawaii this summer, Europe in the fall. Michelle, you get around. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am doing fantastic. That was quite the intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, of course. Um, listen, we, we, so where are you now? 
I think mm. we should start with that. 33 different states, 14 different national parks. Where are you talking from today? Yeah, so I'm in St. Louis, Missouri right now. And just to give everyone a little bit of a background, those 33 states, my husband and my son and I did in an RV. So in 2019, because of the success of my business, I was able to retire my husband from his retail job. We sold our home and we bought a 36-foot travel trailer and set out to do just that. So in 2019, we traveled full-time. And then in 2020, that was also the plan. Uh, But we hit a few roadblocks, just like everyone else did last year. And uh, throughout that process, we ended up just kind of getting an apartment as a home base to travel out of for the time being in our hometown of St. Louis. So wow, that's, that's where we're awesome. At now. I've uh, so I've got three little ones, and just this last so in 2020, we started the whole RV thing as well. Uh, we don't own one, but we've just been renting every now and then. We've done a couple trips, and it's so much fun. Uh, and so good for you. I love that you just like uh, you 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 kind of took it by the reins and just did it. You jumped. Um, I'd like to I'd like to start. You know, I know in today's episode we're going to talk about the power of storytelling. And I feel like we should probably start by understanding a little bit of your own story uh, and how you arrived to to this place. And so, um, you know, it it may sound like a pretty open-ended question, and my goodness, it is. But Michelle, what's your story? You might be surprised, but I do have it narrowed down. Okay, good. <laughs> I have to tell it a lot. So it's gotten it's gotten pretty good. You know, my story starts long before I decided to launch my business. I've experienced a lot of different transitions in my life. Um, you know, I've I've lost a lot of loved ones, unfortunately. You know, not to be Debbie Downer over here, but that is a big part of my story. And one of the reasons I show up and do the things that I do today, like selling everything that we own and moving into an RV. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons that I decided decided to start my business. So my son was born in 2015. He's my one and only baby. And during that time, I was going through a really difficult postpartum experience. Mm. And while I was navigating that, I was really starting to, I know you talk a lot about the mindset and the beliefs. I was starting to kind of morph into this different person. And I suddenly looked at my husband one night and was like, I don't want to go back to my job. Now, I had full intentions of going back to my job. Um, I loved my job, which we don't hear a lot about in you know the consulting, leave your nine to five space. I genuinely- What was the job? So I was an advocacy coordinator and communications manager at a large food bank. So I was in the nonprofit sector for years, mm-hmm. working on PR, communication, marketing, uh, going to DC, working on legislation. And so I was really passionate about it. But after you have a kid sometimes, as many uh, women can relate and and men, a lot of things shift for you. And I was going through a big identity shift. And I realized that to kind of fully step into the life that my husband and I always dreamed about of traveling and financial freedom and having more of these experiences, that I could start my own business. So over the next month before I went back to work, I just hit the pedal to the metal. I was like, how do I run a business? (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. I had a background in communications and marketing, so I had a little bit of knowledge in those areas of using social media, website, copy, stuff like that. Uh, But I spent eight months 
trying to do it and I made no money. <laughs> so, <which is laughs> Everyone listening is like, who relates is like, I feel you girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Highly relatable. I had all the pieces, right? I had the website. It was great. My husband is great with graphic design. I had this mm-hmm. back end systems. I had everything. I had a Facebook group, but nothing was really working. And I was planning on leaving my nine to five in just a few months. And I sat down and I was like, what is missing? And I started to look at my business from an outsider perspective. And I realized that by looking at my website, you actually didn't understand who I was. Hmm. And by reading my copy, you didn't really get a grasp on my authenticity and the things that mattered to me. And what I did over the course of a weekend as I started to write down my story, those different transitions that had come up for me, things that I had learned, what had led me to where I was, my mission. And I started to update my copy. I completely revamped my website in one weekend. And within a week, I signed my very first client. That's awesome. And this wasn't a new person. This was someone who had been in my community for a long time, but what just wasn't getting what they needed to take action. And that's when I realized that so much of selling and making profits came down to the connection and the storytelling piece of it. So I went on to ride that train and hit six figures in my business in one year and really found that what people were coming to me for was this idea of brand storytelling and showcasing their true self online and and really wanting to build connection with their ideal customer. So now my official title, um, after all those years of navigating, not sure what's going on, is personal branding and marketing strategist. And I use the power of story both in personal branding, figuring out who you are, who you want to attract, how you're going to show up and differentiate yourself from the competition and in your marketing. So those day-to-day stories that we always need to be sharing as well. It's awesome. So, man, there's so many places that we could take this right now. I want to start with very foundational. I think it'd be good because I'm like, my brain's like, okay, so do we, how do we use this in Instagram reels? (laughs) It's like my my scatter, my scatter brain, my ADD is like firing off right now. I'm like, okay, I want to go to all these places, but I think we should um, go to the foundations Mm -hmm. because it can be applied to every, everything. It can be applied to reels and your copywriting and your Facebook groups and all this stuff, your ads, certainly. What are the key elements to a really great story? If we could start at just that high level understanding of that, the key elements um, to a great story. Yeah, absolutely. So the very first thing, and this is actually part of the branding process, right? We're talking about foundations here. I always like to say that like, in order for anything to work in your business, you have to have a solid brand foundation. You know, think about building a building, right? They're building that strong cement. They're getting that foundation in there. So as they scale up, they don't tip over or implode, (laughs) right? So (laughs) like you need that solid foundation and that's where the brand foundation comes into place. And one of the things that you do at that stage is fully understand your ideal customer. And I know people are so tired of hearing about this, but look, there's a reason we talk about it all the time. (laughs) It kind of matters. Yeah. Um, And you talked about reels, you talked about Facebook ads, you talked about those different things. If you don't know your ideal customer and who's going to, who you want to watch those things or, or who you want to attract with your lead magnet or who you want, you know, any of those pieces, then you're going to have a really, really hard time bringing in those ideal customers. So the very first part of a great story always comes down to who are you telling the story to? right? Like Mm -hmm. what's the goal of the story? Who are you ultimately trying to attract? And that's going to be your ideal customer. And you really need to understand who that person is both on an external and an internal level. So it's not just like looking for a wedding photographer, 
right? It's what type of wedding photographer are they looking for? If they haven't hired one yet, why haven't they? What are they specifically looking for? What obstacles are standing in their way? What thoughts do they have around their wedding day and the stressors that they have, right? Because it's, they're not just getting a wedding photographer, you know, they're inviting somebody into their family, into the most important day of their lives. And that's just one example, but you really want to get down to that emotional piece because that is going to ultimately improve your storytelling. So number one, Know who you're talking to, right? Know who the story is for. Number two is what I like to call the four C's. And so, and we've heard these, we heard these in English class when we were in like seventh grade. (laughs) I was homeschooled. I may not have heard these. Okay. Well, we'll find out. Um, (laughs) Character, conflict, conclusion, and CTA. That one's new. I get, I okay, yeah. One yeah, yeah. That <laughs> like, one's I not in the book. <laughs> I don't remember a call to action in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was to read the next one. Um, so when it comes to character, every story, right. And there's a reason we know about these. And there's a reason that you may give Lord of the Rings is a great example. Every movie, every TV show, every great piece of work that tells a story follows this lovely little arc, right? We have a character that sets out on something um, or a story that's centered around them, some sort of conflict, tension, obstacle, question that's floating around in their head, and then finally the conclusion or the resolve. And so your stories need to be focused around a character. Now, the character can be you. If it's like your brand story, your character can be a client. Your character could be your service or your product. We miss that one a lot. And your character could also be um, uh, your ideal customer. So kind of like a figurative type of story of, you know, I know right now you're stressing out about your wedding day. You know, you're not necessarily talking about one particular person. You're talking about your ideal customer. So character can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about this. So you, you had said that the character could be um, yourself, your target client. Um, I may have missed one in there, but the one I'm curious about was the, your, your product or service. Mm-hmm. Do, can you maybe um, expand on that a little bit more or, or provide an example of how that would look? Um, if you want to keep going with the wedding photography thing, you could with portrait photography or any cool. other, anything you'd like really. Yeah. So we often hear about our brand story, which is like the first thing everyone wants to write. It's the about me page. It's like, if we get that, we're good to go. Then we never talk about it again. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk about different ways to do that today, but Another version of the brand story, which is typically, you know, why you picked up a camera, why you do the work that you do, is the brand story behind that particular service or product. So some of my clients, for instance, do multiple things, wedding photography, maybe portrait photography as well. Um, But the reason that they do newborn photography specifically is because they had a bad experience with their newborn photographer or something like that. So you can really kind of narrow in on that particular offer and dive deeper in into a next level story with each of those individual offers as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So then the next piece is conflict. Now it doesn't have to be like a fight scene or like (laughs) a dramatic, like crazy dramatic moment, but we as um, audience members, right? The people who are receiving the story, we love conflict and we need it. Otherwise the story is kind of boring. So, you know, heightening the experience a little bit more is, is a way that you could phrase that. So if you're telling a story, maybe we'll use the example of one of my clients who was telling the story about having a newborn photographer and she talks about how, you know, the new room photographer, you know, came in and she didn't feel comfortable and she couldn't be herself. And she was mm. really worried that the session was going to suck. Right. So then everyone's like, 
oh my God, did the session suck? Like, please tell me what happened. And that moves us into resolve because we as people need some sort of resolve, right? Mm -hmm. We have to put something to bed. That's why your sitcoms, you know, all those favorite shows, they always leave you with a cliffhanger. So you come back the next week. Uh, So those are the three main pieces. And then as a business, we add in CTA because we're not just telling stories to tell stories. We're telling stories to expand our business. And so a call to action is really, really important when we're talking about email marketing on our website, copy on our website, social media copy. And you did a great example of a CTA at the beginning of this. Hit that like button. That's Mm. CTA, right? It doesn't have to be click through or, you know, get on my wait list or inquire about my services. It could just be an engagement piece as well. But when we call our audience to action, it helps the story stick and resonate a little bit more. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing too is everything is online. Like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G U S T O forward slash photo. It all starts with the click of a shutter, an instant, a moment captured that can last a lifetime. If you know where to save it, Smug Mug Source is the latest addition to your photography toolkit. Now, every photographer of every skill level can manage, store, and organize every photo, including RAWs, from any device to ensure no moment captured is ever lost. Smug Mug Source uses powerful search technologies and organization tools so you can spend less time managing photos and more time taking them. With Smug Mug's near 20-year experience in proudly protecting billions of photos, Source makes Smug Mug a truly end-to-end photography platform. Head over to smugmug.com forward slash source now to learn more and start your free trial. No credit card required. That's smugmug.com forward slash source. Smug Mug Source. Every photo, every format, everywhere. I often think to myself as just like a consumer that like, I don't know, do I really need to like, do I need to 
actually invite them to take an action, you know? And so on my Instagram captions or on my reels, you know, I'm like, will it really make that big of a difference if I say on the reel, tag a friend or like save this reel? Um, Because I'm like, people are smarter than that. If they like it, they'll just save it. If they want to tag a friend, they'll tag a friend. Wrong. wrong. (laughs) I'm like, I'm shocked by it because I discover it too. Like I'll just be watching someone's reel and at the end it'll be like tag a friend. I'll be like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And then I just look at my insights now that I've started to really think about what would I want somebody to do after watching this reel? And then I invite them into that. My insights are just uh, so many more of whatever it is. So many more saves, so many more tags, so many more comments it's uh, it's wild. I yeah, it's just wild. I always think that no, people will get it, and we don't get it <laughs> unless we're told to do something. Well, I mean, especially with social media, we're talking about right now. Like when you're on social media, we're kind of using it as like an outlet, right? We're not mm-hmm. going on to be like super engaged, and like we're kind of doing it to space out a little bit. And so <laughs> our audiences too. So if we don't really call them to action, which is essentially what a CTA is. They're not, we're not going to do anything, you know? Um, and we see the same thing. Like we'll have really, really great carousel images, swipe, you know, images on Instagram. And the ones where we're like, this is amazing, but we forget to be like, save this post. Our saves are crap. Same yeah. kind of image. But if I say save this post, it's saved. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, in a lot of ways too, it's, uh, as, a, as a photographer, one of the most valuable things that you can get in your business are testimonials, the reviews, uh, Google reviews, all that kind of stuff, testimonials, video testimonials for your website, you know, um, the people just don't do it unless, unless you invite them to, unless you have a call to action afterwards. And when you do, it's like when they start pouring through and you start having all of these, well, in a lot of ways, the best testimonials are little mini stories. It's like before working with this photographer, I felt this way. I had this problem. They solved this problem. Afterwards, I felt this way. And I had this experience. They're like these little micro stories that you get to like put everywhere. Um, I'm just thinking now of all the places I'm like, Hey, ask. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I actually, if we want to dive into that next, I have some different types of stories that you can, your audience can start implementing like right away. And client testimonials is definitely one of them. Well, why not? We're talking about it right now. Do you want to, do you want to kind of diverge just for a little bit and then we can get back on track? Yeah, that's fine. I think I had one more of the three things. So just bring me back because I will forget. Oh, no. Okay. Well, let's finish. No, l- okay. Let's not let my ADD take over. Let's finish the... the, 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 uh, the I'm like, here. let's focus here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I need this, Michelle. Um, so the third one, and maybe one of the most important ones, so I don't want to skip it, is painting a picture. So mm-hmm. when it comes to storytelling, and this is a great segue to our next one, is that sometimes we sell ourselves short. And a client testimonial is a great example. I see so many entrepreneurs and business owners sharing testimonials with like quotes, and that's it. They'll be like, oh, my client said this, and it's like three sentences, and then that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. But we have an opportunity to really paint a picture, go into detail. Um, you know, when you're asking for the testimonial, maybe you ask open-ended questions, two or three open-ended questions, and then a written testimonial that you can put on your website, right? But then for social media, you can take those three questions and touch on the character, you know, the moment when they decided to hire you, why they decided to hire you, and what they ultimately got from that. And you can use that to showcase your testimonials online. So painting a picture is really important because that's what makes storytelling so fun yeah. are the details. And so not skimping on being super descriptive in your stories, really painting a scene, um, 
and using really emotionally charged language, right? So like that heightened, like it was, you know, joyful. We're thinking about all of those like really powerful words. And I'm thinking of, you know, for photographers specifically, I work with a bunch and when they come to me, you know, they're, it's like, they're posting photos of like blue shoes and it's like wedding from this weekend. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we, we missed an opportunity here to tell a story about those shoes to, you know, we see with weddings today where brides choose, you know, bouquets with a picture of their loved ones on there. Tell the story about that. Mm -hmm. And those are really, really great opportunities, you know, to just go a little bit deeper and really invite your audience in. It's awesome. So, so then let's talk through some of these questions that we can ask in the testimonials. You're right. It was a perfect transition yeah. to, um, so that way we're not just left with sharing a testimony. That's just a, a, a single quote, which, um, so, so yeah, let, jump into it. How do okay. we kind of like extract that and create the opportunity to really open someone up to understand more of what that story is? Mm-hmm. So we, I really believe that photographers have an awesome advantage to this because you're essentially spending quality time with your clients, mm. you know, where if you're selling a course or something like that, maybe you don't have a lot of one-on-one interaction. So photographers, you already have a lot of stories and information from the day, from the newborn session, from the family session that you can just say, you know, you can ultimately share those stories. But when it comes from a testimonial standpoint, the first thing is, is you want to set the scene. So typically I love to ask the question of, you know, had you worked with a photographer before? What was your experience? If they had um, asking them, you know, how did you find me? You know, what drew you to my brand? That's really great information for you as well. Tell me a little bit more about the day that we did this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what was your experience like working with me? And you'll notice I'm talking about experience, 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 not like, how do the photos look? Because Mm. we know how the photos look. We can see the photos. (laughs) Um, We can't see the experience. We need to tell Mm. that through our copy. And then finally... Again, three simple questions, setting up the scene. What was it like? And then finally at the end, you know, what would you say to somebody that's considering, you know, working with me in the future? Or what does it mean to you to have these photos hanging on your wall? Is there something that, you know, really stood out to you from that day? And then you can kind of morph that in different ways based on where you need to share it in an email or social media and craft your own story. It's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we've, it's been fun to kind of tie this back to social media and, and carousel posts, but it would be a great carousel post. Like each of those sections could just be its own thing. You know, sometimes we think about, well, the caption would just get so long or there's, it's too much of a story for a single post. You could, you could question mm-hmm. one could be like, here's what was going on in my life. Here's what the experience was like. And here was the, the, you know, the results of it, you know, Absolutely. Um, love it. Okay. So you mentioned this earlier. Um, you mentioned the idea of leaving people on a cliffhanger you, uh, in, in this structure of a story. And, um, and so I'd love to talk about this uh, idea of like a, a, a loop, like a, to build a story loop uh, yes. into your marketing. Can you kind of explain a bit more of what a story loop is and some ideas of how we could actually use it? Yeah, absolutely. So open looping, I think is what it's referred to most common. I like to call them a soap opera sequence. Yes, it's essentially what it is as well, right? (laughs) That's a great example of, you know, those those moments of being like, oh my gosh, what happens? You know, I was just actually recording a podcast about WandaVision. I don't know if you watch WandaVision. I haven't yet. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to give anything away. But at the end of every single episode, I was like, 
okay, I got one week. I got one week to like hold it together until I find out what happened. That's essentially what open looping is. And we can use it in our marketing in a couple different ways. One way is through typically email sequences or email funnels. Mm -hmm. And so if you're building an email funnel for your brand and your business, which of course I recommend, you can ultimately tell a story, um, a secondary story, like in the PS line that kind Mm -hmm. of connects in each email. You could just tease what's coming in the next email. Just a teaser is actually considered an open loop because we really don't know what's happening. Another way to use it in your email marketing, your subject line is an open loop, right? Mm -hmm. So asking questions in your subject line is really, really powerful. I actually had an an email that I sent out years ago that said, my son peed on me on live camera because <laughs> I had <laughs> a baby, there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right? I had a baby and I was like holding him and I like just kept going. But that subject line, my audience was like, oh my God, but what happened? Like, what did she do? Oh, I got to know. And they're going to open up the email. So that's a way to do open loops. We also see it in um, YouTube videos, podcasts, right? Today, we're going to talk about this but you got to hang on a little bit longer to actually find it out. Um, in YouTube videos or IGTVs, we can end an episode with a next week episode. We're going to talk about this. So that's the idea of open looping and some different ways that you can use it. I love to use it um, when I'm getting ready to launch something or put something out into the world or if spots are getting ready to open up or let's say you're doing a special one of my clients every year nails it with like Easter bunny pictures. Like, oh, yeah, mini is- sessions. Yeah. Yes mini sessions, uh, fall sessions, Easter bunny pictures. And so we amp that up, right? We're not just one day waking up and going like, okay, Easter sessions are open, you know, really talking about it two, three weeks beforehand. And you're essentially opening a loop in your content, mm-hmm. um, maybe getting them to join a wait list or getting them to get on your email list so they don't miss it. And then you're closing the loop by ultimately giving them the opportunity to buy. Yeah, I love it. It's such an opportunity in emails. And I I, I love the PS. Mm. It's probably one of my favorite ways to do Me it. Is at the end of a really viable email, just say PS, you know, next week or tomorrow, whatever the chain is, you know, like I'll continue the story or I'll tell you how it ended or, you yes. know, whatever it is. I love the PS. We, uh, uh, I just opened up enrollment for uh, my course uh, that I have. And one of the best emails, I love that you brought up this subject line was an email that the subject line was don't be a banana. <laughs> it's just stupid. But I go on to share a story about a banana as, mm-hmm. as like an entrepreneur. It, it, it would make sense if you open the email, but um, but it performs so well. Don't be a banana. Who would have thought? You know, um, people are like, what? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's and that is you're ultimately se- you're setting up a story, right? Yes. And I yep. think with email marketing too, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who sometimes have a hard time making an email focused around maybe them or mm. their brand story, and so. So the PS area is a great way to kind of share your story in small bits over the course of a few emails. So I do Mm. this with one of my freebies where I'm giving tons of value on branding. And in the PS, I'm like, oh, by the way, my name's Michelle. And like, and tomorrow you're going to hear about how I started my business. And so I actually have a different story, my brand story happening in the PS line and giving like value and stuff in the main body of the email. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Like they're the hero of the body and then you're still sharing a bit about yourself. Yep. So that probably takes me to my next, and I don't know, maybe it'll be our last question or, or conversation, but, um, 
stories centered around you versus stories centered around the the people that you serve and the balance between that. I, I see photographers wrestling all the time with like, well, man, uh, I know I should be talking about my clients, but I just don't... I'm not sure how without talking about me. It feels like every time I go to write or I go to write in about or I go to write uh, even my homepage copy or my Instagram, but it just always feels like it's centered around me. Do you have any thoughts on how to balance that out where we can be um, focusing the story around our character, around our client, and yet still share more of our own story in the process? Mm-hmm. I think there's a time and a place for both of them. So, you know, if we're, we get great example, client testimonials. Now, you know how to share those stories right now, you know how to share those stories of your clients, but I often go back and forth with people on this. And I have a very different stance that I believe the about me page should actually be about you because Mm. if I'm a consumer and I am going to a website and I click on about me, and then that person's not actually telling me anything about themselves, I'm going to be incredibly turned off. Mm. We also know that through the consumer buying process, as someone gets into the evaluation stage, they are typically looking for more of a connection or trust or wanting to know a little bit more about that person. And so that's why the About Me page is your second most visited page on your website, because people genuinely want to know about the person or the people behind the brand. Like, do I like you? (laughs) Exactly. Like, do do we share common, you know, similarities or do I like your mission? Do we have shared values? Like we have seen the statistics for branding and we know that people care about mission driven brands. We know that people care about shared values. These are important pieces of the puzzle. I know in a recent episode you did, because I listened to a few, you guys talked about the brand values and how that's incredibly important. And like sharing that in your about me, whether you just say, these are my brand values, or you weave it into a story, which I prefer, you know, Mm. there's a way to do that. So, but here's the caveat. Mm. It might be about you. You might be sharing your story, but we always have to remember who we're speaking to. Mm. So what I typically tell my clients to do, especially when they're crafting their brand story is to write it and then go through each piece and say, all right, where does this connect with my audience? Are there moments of similarities or connections that I can bring them in, that I can build trust? Is there something that like, I could maybe remove. It's not really contributing to the story. It's not connecting with them. And what that allows you to do is bring your audience in, connect with them throughout, um, and then bring it down to the main point, which is, and this is how I can support you and leading to the work with me page. So I have had numerous clients over the years that say, I decided to work with you because of your about me page. And y'all can go spy on it all you want after this podcast, because it really is. I'm telling a story, but I'm super clear on those different things that have happened in my journey that led me to doing the work that I do today that are highly relatable to my audience. You know, I mentioned the postpartum thing in the beginning. I could have skipped over that, but a lot of my audience is women and many of them are moms. And that's a huge connection piece for my audience and I. And so that's one of the pieces that I play up. So someone's emotionally invested, right? And then we're saying, oh, hey, hey, you made it this far. Now go check out my products and my services. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of just writing out your story without just unfiltered. Just this is, these are the experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. And then to go back through line by line and ask yourself like, okay, how does this experience make me 
almost more qualified or uniquely qualified to solve their problem. Is there, is there a connection there? So good. Um, Michelle, this is incredible. I want, where's your website? What I want to go snoop on all your stuff. Go buy on my stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Where can people find you online and, and learn from you? You've, you've got such incredible insight. This has been, I I mean, I could talk about copy all day and I just want to listen and, and, and keep diving in. So I'm going to go to the website right now. So tell us where we can find you here. Yeah. So it's brandmary.com. It's B-R-A-N-D-M-E-R-R-Y.com. And there are, first off, you can snoop all you want. I'm down for it. I love a good website view. Um, But there's also tons of content on there. So I have blogs, videos, all kinds of different pieces on there um, to really support you in identifying your brand story, sharing your brand story, connecting and advancing your marketing. Because what good is a brand if nobody sees it, (laughs) right? Which is a pain point for so many entrepreneurs. So brandmary.com is my website. I hang out on Instagram and would love to connect um, Michelle Knight Co. over there. And I've got a lot of free resources and stuff on my website as well to support you with branding. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being here today. I love it. I think it's a really powerful conversation and you delivered it so perfectly. Uh, and I think it was just really clear, so clear for the audience. So I really oh, appreciate you. you being here today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Of course. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in uh, to Michelle and I. I've spoken to a lot of people about uh, copy and brand and Michelle, she's got it. She's nailed it. I uh, highly recommend that you go take a look at her site. I'm, I haven't gone to it yet, um, but just talking to her firsthand, I know it's going to be polished as get out. And so do yourself a favor, follow her on Instagram and go look at this, a call to action, follow her on Instagram and go take a look at her site. And and then I can't wait to see you in the mastermind group. If you do uh, hop into the community uh, over on Facebook, search for Michelle Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, Michelle Knight, and you will see this video. Uh, you're welcome to go in there, ask follow-up questions uh, on the video there of the podcast, or just say hello. And we can't wait to see you there. Until then, uh, listen, we'll tune in for the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye, everybody.